right. It's fun to be with you guys. You know I like to walk around, so I'm going to rearrange the furniture for a moment. There we go. Right into the hole right there. There's a hole in the middle of the stage. You guys are quiet. I don't like quiet that well. You know that. <laughs> All right. That's good. All right. Here we go. Um, I'm so excited just to share what we feel like the Lord is um, doing and what he wants to say in his heart for us this morning. Um, would y'all just, I'm just going to invite the Lord to speak through me. So if you'll join me real quick. Lord, we are so excited for what you're doing. We're on this adventure with you. And we ask, Lord, that um, through these words, through my mouth, that your heart and your, who you are would be revealed today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You're so sweet. I love this husband of mine. He's amazing. <laughs> He's a blessing. Thank you so much. Um, he helps me all the time. And he's going to help me a whole lot when I'm in Africa in two weeks. So that's exciting, too. I'm going to Mozambique. I don't know if we told you guys. Oh, I'm going uh, with Heidi Baker. They're having their own event in Johannesburg, and they've invited me to come along. And then I get to be um, with she and Rebecca, her assistant, on the base for about nine days. And then I'll be back. And so my mom is coming in, and she's going to help with my children. So they'll be fine. They will live. And then my husband, of course, is doing all the other amazing things that he keeps doing and, and covering for me as well. So um, I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to share and bring back all the fun stories of what God's doing there. So, oh, Jack, I like your gold baby jacket you're wearing today. That's <laughs> nice. It is cold. Um, okay. The Lord's just shared a whole lot of fun stuff. Um, and I'm just asking for wisdom to know what comes out today and what waits. So one of the things I want to go through real quick is, um, just as Mike said, we feel like the Lord's really calling us to a season of sowing and reaping, as give, of giving and blessing. Um, we shared about that over a number of weeks so far. And then... Um, hmm. Yeah, as we hear his call, this is what I wrote, as we hear his call to be generous or hilarious givers, as it says in the Passion Translation, let's view God's character in light of giving as a role model of a generous father. There's a prophetic word that was given in 2012. I'm going to read you a blip of it just to sort of help us get in that place of understanding what God's doing and what he's already said he wants to do. We're going to declare it again. It says, Worship will increase as glory descends. Many people will come to the waters, for I am the fountain of light in your midst. I am taking the roof off. I will not deny or withhold. I will fill this place with blessing. I will soak these walls. I will make this place my home. I will smile over you, sing over you, Say yes to all the longings that I have placed within you. I give you permission to ask of me. I am is with you, and permission is granted. This will be a day like when the Israelites came out and received the wealth of the wicked, and a new economy was birthed over a nation. 
This shall be a day like the rebuilding of the temple where the presence of God was released and no one could stand. This will be like on Pentecost where there was a mighty rushing wind and flames of fire and there was awe and wonder and astonishment. Thank you, Lord. So we just say yes, Lord. Um, I want to just really recap really quick before I sort of go into what I feel like the Lord is sharing. Recap Mike's message from last week. Um, I know it's always, there's so much going on in our lives, and there's always things that are coming up. But I really feel like this is important, and it's important so that we know where we're headed. Um, Mike's message was the Godfather or the Father God. Do you, did, did anyone remember that? I mean, the Godfather impersonation kind of helps you remember what we talked about, because Mike did a really good job of that. I'm not going to try. Uh, but the whole, the whole concept, and we have a, a quick slide that shows it, was to know God, to trust God, to worship God, and there's a blessing. And that's coming from Proverbs 3, the first two, 10 ves- verses in Proverbs. And I feel like I'm supposed to just read that really quick. And um, can you throw that slide up? It's a photo of my Bible, and this is just how I've written it out. So this helps me, and I felt like the Lord said show you because it might help somebody. Uh, When I learn something like this and the Lord kind of shows it to us, this is what I do in my Bible. You can see that the first three verses we said this is how the Lord instructs us to know him. And and then there's a blessing in verse 4 that we receive from knowing him. And then the next few verses say, this is where we're called to trust God. And then you can see in verse 6 on the right side that where where it says, in all your ways acknowledge. That word acknowledge, we felt like it's not a great translation. The word is really yada, and that's that word know when Adam knew Eve, to actually know God. We need to know him. And then um, he'll make our paths straight. And then the blessing of trusting God is is there in verse 8. And then we see, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And then there's this amazing verse that says, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. And that's the blessing, right? And that's that. There's this shalom blessing, this peace. There's this abundance. I wrote down, actually I copied from Mike's notes what shalom means. Peace. Harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility. There's this not just financial blessing. There is financial blessing, but there's more than that. So I want us to hear that the heart of the Lord is that all aspects of our life would be blessed. The land that we live on, the people that we're around, uh, our children, our finances, our jobs, everything we do, all the words that come out of our mouth, that they would be blessed. So that's really cool. Sorry, I was looking for it. Um, but I want to also say that it says there in 10 that to overflow, and you'll be blessed to overflowing. And that picture, and I know we've said this, but the Lord was sharing me that this is a little different, is I know that we've said, like, when the Lord pour, pours a blessing out, may we be like a, a funnel. May it go through and be and scattered. And part of that's true. But this verse says overflowing, that you would bless us to your life would be overflowing. So there's this concept that that we are, we, our lives are here, and if you'd just be willing to look at this picture of, like, if, I, if someone puts money in my hand or a blessing or, or a gift in my hand, and it's so much that it's spilling out. So it's not that I don't also receive blessing. I'm not hoarding it, but it's so much. that God loves us so much. He wants to pour out so much of who he is that it's flowing, overflowing, and it's, it's 
if it's water, it's watering the ground all around me, right? So if we're a person and we're like, there's ground all around us, there's people around us, and when the Lord blesses me, it's watering all the people around me. That's that overflowing blessing. Does that make sense? Yeah, you're asleep. I'm going to get a little feisty with you guys sleeping on me. You know, I work with the youth. I don't put up with it. I'll get paper airplanes out. I'll throw things at you. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. Some of my kids know. Yeah. Uh huh. Some of our other youth workers know. Okay. All right. So the message today, we titled it Knowing God, Join the Adventure. Uh, my language is all about life as an adventure. I love to think that everything is an adventure. It's kind of how I grew up. I grew up on adventures. Um, I took a trip around the world with my brother when I was just finishing college. We decided to start in Iceland and we finished in China. We took about three or four months and just traveled with backpack. And I call that adventure. I like that. Some people think that's scary. It was really fun. We lost both of our debit cards the very first day we landed in Iceland. They got sucked in to an ATM machine, and we couldn't get them out. We had no money. <laughs> like, <gasps> but thank the Lord for parents. They FedExed. <laughs> they FedExed new debit cards while we hang, hung out in Iceland. And that was the beginning of a trip. Anyway, that was a great adventure. But we have a bigger adventure that we're invited to be a part of. And that's what I want to just kind of go into. And sometimes I feel like um, when we come to say that we know God, uh, and, we, and we need to know God, we forget that, that it's, it's an invitation to an adventure with him. And I felt like what the Lord was saying, and this is like the crux of what we have to get before we're going to move forward with the Lord, we need to know who he is. And like said, Mike said, like, we, we, when we started dating, we kind, of, we kind of knew each other, we thought we knew each other, but there's this whole adventure, even in marriage, amen, you're still knowing the person, right? You do not know them when you say yes. You know them never completely. (laughs) They will always be full of surprises, and that's adventure. I call surprises adventure. I like that. So this Bible, what the Lord was saying, this word, this book, is all about people's adventures with God, if you're willing to hear that. It's about people taking adventures with God. God's the lead character in this book. I don't know if we realize that all the time, but he's the lead And then we get to watch people learn all about him in their lives. And that's what we get recorded here, is that we get to hear all about Adam and Eve trying to get to know God and the mistakes they make, right? Yeah, and so I have a whole list. Hold on, I got ahead of this really good verse. I can't get get past this verse, hold on. Romans 15.4 says this, it's not a slide. So you can just look at me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So everything that was written was written to us so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, so it's here to encourage us, right? We might have hope. We have hope. We just talked about hope. That's such a good verse for us this morning. But I want you to realize Here's my list of of God ands, okay? Can you just hear this? This is quick. It's God and Adam and Eve and his intention for mankind. His intention that, oh, I'm going to be in the garden. I'm going to walk with them. I'm going to dwell with them. I want us to be together. That's what he says in in Adam and Eve. So when it's God starring with Adam and Eve as co-star, he's saying like, hey, we're meant to be together, right? Okay, and then God and Noah. 
So, God, so this is when the people had turned away from God. Most of the people were like, uh-uh, I want nothing to do with any kind of restraint on my life, and that would be God too, and I don't want anything to do with him. But Noah was righteous, and Noah walked with God, and he said, okay, I'm going to save that man. I'm going to pull him out. So that's the story of what God looks like when he's walking alongside Noah. So we're getting to know him through Noah. And then we see God and Abraham and Sarah. Oh, this is a... I've been getting to listen to you guys. So I get to drive a lot right now, and it's, it's been a blessing. You wouldn't think so. It's expensive, gas is hot, you know, all that stuff. It's really fun because I get to listen to um, the Bible app. You guys know the Bible app, and you can make it talk to you. It has different, different versions, have different accents, so you can find the one you like. It's kind of like Siri. Pick your accent. Really, it's pick your version. Um, and I get to hear this, but I've been listening to Genesis and Exodus. I figure start in Genesis. And I'm just amazed at the stories we get to be a part of, we sort of get to step into, of these uh, people that knew the Lord, and we get to see what God's character is like revealed through their story of walking alongside of him. So like, oh yeah, this is all the problems I had, and this is how God talked to me in this and through this, and what I learned about him, and the mistakes I made along the way. I wrote this down as I was preparing, and I feel like I'm supposed to say it right now. I have a challenge to us. I feel like this is what the Lord said. Are we willing to let humans be humans and interact with God and make mistakes and still not change the truth about who he is? Are we willing to let humans be humans and interact with God, make mistakes, and still not change the truth about who he is? So all through the word, all through the word, we see people interacting with God, making mistakes, getting it wrong, some getting it right. Thank you, Jesus. And then we see about who God is and how does he interact? How does he help us through that? And that's true in our lives. That's true in pastors. That's true in people on TV. That's true in teachers and leaders and parents. Are we willing, kids, are you willing to like see who God is as you watch your parents interact with God and they're going to get it wrong and they're going to get it right? But are we willing to say, but God's still God and he's good it's not going to change my view of who he is based on his word, right? Okay. So we see Abraham and Sarah and the blessing that God wants to give. This is such an amazing story, and I want to challenge you. If you haven't ever heard it, let Genesis be read to you through a Bible app or your best friend, whoever. But listen to it because you hear things when it's read out loud, and, and someone was saying, that's how they always heard the scripture. They always heard it read to them. They, most of them didn't read the scripture. So sometimes when we read, we can get hung up on some of the stuff, but we can really hear the story when it's read to us. And so when I was reading this story, I mean, it was just amazing to see that the Lord has this Abraham, and he's like, oh, this is who God is before there's rules, before the Ten Commandments come into place, before all the laws and the things that we go back in Scripture, and we kind of, I think we see the Old Testament as God, like the Godfather part. We go, oh, he's so rules, he's so mean, he's blowing up cities. He's like striking people dead. You know, God's so mean, so horrible. And like, I think we see that because we see that, that that is the truth of people that aren't walking in line with the Lord and they're not walking in the holiness that they're called to. And God says, you don't know how holy I am. This cannot be near me. This is going to kill you. So he's like calling us to a higher standard, right? But before all that happens, we see God with Abraham. Abram, don't be technical. I'm just going to call him Abraham. We see God with Abraham and this is before all the rules. And we so this is what God wants. So if you want to look about the character of God, I encourage you to look at God in Abraham and Sarah. She's not, she's not 
out of this picture. She's totally part of this story, so don't dismiss her. But, uh, I know, um, Marcus is laughing at me. Don't laugh at me. Drink your coffee. Uh, <laughs> okay, um, so we, let me focus. Lord, help me focus. That's what happens to my brain. I want to tell you a story. I'm going to stay focused. Okay. This is what happens. We see Abraham, and he's walking out this story of learning to know God before there was rules, before there was regulations. And God's desire is to say, hey, I want to be with you. And this is the time when people are turning away from the Lord. They're like, uh-uh, I don't, I don't want to be around God. He is bad, or he's mean, or whatever. And we see this. There's not really anyone seeking the Lord. And it says, when an Abraham began to call on the name of the Lord. And he didn't just call on the name of the Lord. It says he offered sacrifice. He brought an offering to the Lord. And he worshipped God. So he did these things, and God said, ooh, ooh, I see that. I'm going to respond to that. My heart responds to worship. I'm going to pick him. I always thought that God picked Abraham. Help me. Like, kids, you probably thought this. I don't know how much you know about the, the word my youth kids over here. That's who I always talk to. Uh-huh. That's, that's how I get their attention. Uh, how many of you guys really have always thought, like, why was Abraham picked? You know? Like, why did he choose Abraham? I kind of thought, like, well, he plays favorites. Totally. Like, he just thought, like, well, that guy's he's pretty awesome. He's kind of funny. So I'm going to pick him. He's going to be the one that's going to be blessed. He got picked out of all the people on the earth. He got to be picked to be blessed. And I thought, that just didn't seem right to me. That didn't seem fair. But we got to be willing to go back and look at the character of God. And he said, oh, no. But look at who Abram, how he was interacting with the Lord. He was worshiping. He was coming to the Lord. He was coming to talk to him. And Abraham hung out with the Lord. Like, it says he came down and talked to him face to face, the Lord did. This is crazy. This is so cool. And so we see this thing in where God says, because you've sought me, because you worship me, I want to bless you. And we walk out this promise of God to Abraham to become a nation, to become a blessing for all the world, basically, once it gets to Jesus. That's the whole story of this Bible. It's amazing. And God revealing his character. I'm going to get off track, so let me keep going. So he shows it. I mean, he does this. He takes it all the way through Isaac, Jacob, Moses, the prophets. We see God and, God and all these people is what this is all about. So he is consistently showing us who he is in the midst of them getting it right and in the midst of them getting it wrong. And he's so good. He's so good. This is who God said he was to Moses. And I'm going to just read this. It says Exodus 34, 5 through 7a. I think we have this on a slide because I stole it from my husband's message last week. It says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud, and he stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to a thousand generations, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. When you, when you see that description of who God is, is that who you think? I mean, for me, that's not who I think of God in the Old Testament. That's not slow to anger, compassionate, forgiving. That was not usually my view of God. I'm usually remembered all the, like, striking people dead, plagues, 50,000 dying, things, right? You guys, you know these stories. I mean, at least you've heard of these stories. 
Okay, so like when I hear that, I, that wasn't my like, oh yeah, yeah, that's God, that's totally God. But this is who he says he is before he does all this. So he wants to make sure we know. And Moses says, right before that, he goes, show me your ways that I may know you. And what does God say? He says, yes. Like, so if we really want to know the Lord, and that's the beginning, that's the beginning of this progression in Proverbs 3 that you saw right here up on the slide, is the knowing God. So if we say, I want to know you, and, and God says, what does he say? He says, yes, right? He says, okay, let's do this thing. And we have, Mike and I were talking about, we, we're so lucky, we're so, not lucky, we're blessed, we're so chosen that you know what? We have all these people to learn from. I really prefer to learn from other people's mistakes. It's really what I like. I make plenty of mistakes on my own. I'm going to share one of my mistakes just to keep you engaged and my youth kids who get distracted. This Bible has not always been as big as it is right now. Um, I made a big mistake, and I, I um, was going out to read my word. I like to sit on our back deck, like, outside. Like, I'm one of those people I feel like the Lord's in nature. I love it. I love to be outside. I love to read his word outside. So I, I went outside, and I set my Bible down, kind of like, I kind of set it like this, kind of like that. And this Bible's kind of tippy. It's not like a hardback, what a hardback Bible. And so, you know, we have children, and they had been out playing water balloon fights this summer. And, um, you know, you need a bucket. Who, who knows how to play with water balloons? Is anybody? So, okay, if you put water balloons in a bucket without water, do you all know what happens? They all pop. They all stick together. They pop. They're useless. Your hour and a half spent blowing them up is wasted, right? So my kids, being the wise children, listen to me, and I said, oh, you got to put water in that bucket. So it's the day after we played water balloons, and the bucket's still sitting next to the table where I set my Bible, and my, my Bible decided it needed to be baptized. And so it went right in to a whole bucket of water, and so it makes, it, it's huge. It's much bigger than it was, but I feel like it's anointed. I feel like the Bible's anointed, and then it's even more anointed. Girls, you can attest to this. You know, flat irons work wonders on everything, and this Bible was making that sound that you get when you're opening the bag of chips in the movie theater, and everyone's like, what are you, <sighs> so loud, you know? Um, every page I turned was really loud, because it, it was actually almost double the size it is right now. You can still see the watermarks, but a flat iron. I got out my flat iron, and yes, I flat ironed this Bible. Okay, but you can learn from my mistakes, just like we can go through this word, and we can learn from people's mistakes, and we can have a leg up, and we have the benefit of knowing people walk, watching them walk through life and get it wrong and get it right with the Lord, and we get to stand on that and go, okay, the Lord showed his character. I know who he is because they made that mistake, right? I know who he is because, because they worshiped, and then he came. And he showed up. Let me show you this amazing progression really quick. It's so fun. Okay. Abraham. Let me see. Where can I go? Abraham has 12 chapters on him, you guys. That's a lot of chapters about one person's life. So if you really want to get to know character of God walking with someone, he's a great place to go. Excuse me. Just let me say that. Okay. Um, so I was going to say... Why Abraham? Abraham, he, God chose Abraham because he was worshiping God and he called on the name of the Lord. This is God's promise over Abraham, and then I'm going to get to this cool progression. Let me just back up what, that I said that, why I said that. 
Genesis 18, 18 and 19. We have a slide on it. It says, oh, look at how good they are. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on the earth will be blessed through him. Okay, this is because Abraham worshiped the Lord and he sought the Lord. This is amazing. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Why does he want them to do what is right and just? It's the second so that. So that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Okay, God makes a promise, and he's dead set that it gets fulfilled. Okay, God has a promise over your life, and he is dead set on seeing it fulfilled. Can you hear me? God has a promise over our lives. And he is persistently pursuing the fulfillment of his promise over you. Don't get discouraged by your own mistakes. Abraham made loads of them. Okay? And so did Sarah. What, Ishmael? Um, Hagar? I mean, or Hagar. Maybe I said that wrong. Okay, are you guys hearing me? Okay, God has a promise over you. (laughs) Thank you, Yuxel. Okay. Um, Wow. I'm feeling a little bit of, okay, Lord, we got to take this and go like this. I want you to see this. This is really cool. So there's a promise over Abraham. And then, and then they go, you guys know there's a progression of a story. And Jacob, blah, 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 Joseph, okay? Joseph is how we're following the promise of God. So there's this line of people we watch through the Old Testament, and it's how God's walking out his promise to Abraham. That's basically what we're seeing happen. Okay, so God's walking out his Abraham to Isaac. He walks it out to Jacob, whose name becomes Israel, who becomes a whole nation still today, whole country. And so we're watching this, and then out of Israel or Jacob comes Joseph, goes to Egypt, and people go into bondage. Guys, go with me here, and the Lord was showing me this, and he was also doing it in the prayer room this morning. Go with me in the idea that we are all at once in bondage, and then we are at once set free from bondage. So he takes the Israelites into, they're they're going to Egypt, they're blessed, they're growing so much because the blessing the Lord is on the people of Israel, the people of Jacob. They're growing, they're growing. Pharaoh tries to kill them, kill the baby boys. They still go bigger and bigger. He gets afraid that they're going to take over the country, basically. They're going to overthrow him. So they're like, oh, he's, we're going to make them slaves. They're getting too strong. We're going to put them into bondage. So the ruler of that time, as we have a ruler of this world, Satan, wants to put the people in bondage so that they do not walk in the promises of God over their life. Do you hear me? And so, so what does the Lord do? Listen to this verse. He said, this is the character of God. In Exodus 3, 7 through 9, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. There is a slave driver on this world. The Lord hears us cry out. And I am concerned about their suffering. And then there's a slide after this. It says, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Is that blessing? This is amazing. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. And so this is where he goes, and so I'm going to send Moses. And so I'm going to do something. And so I'm going to use someone on this earth that is seeking me, and I'm going to bring about my plan and my purpose over Israel, my promise over their lives. Okay? 
And do you see this, this whole, like, we are a world in bondage. We have a slave driver over us, and he is sending someone to set us free. Oh, this is so cool. Jesus, right? Does that not look like Jesus? I mean, I'm like, oh, this is so good. Okay. God is going to move heaven and earth to bring them into his promise and his blessing. And that's what we see him do. There's a God of that age named Pharaoh. He thinks he is God. He thinks he's the ruler of the earth as known at that point. And God says, oh, no, you're not. And I'm going to prove it. And I bring my power. And I show you my power. And, and remember, and the Lord was saying this to me this morning. Remember that at this point, Israel is in Egypt. And they've been in Egypt long enough that they're forgetting who they are. They don't really know their own God. They do not know Yahweh. They are operating as slaves under slave drivers, and they more than likely have adopted the habits and the ways of the slaves and the, um, the slave drivers and their gods, Pharaoh. So like us, when we're in bondage, we really don't, we can lose who we are. And we need to be set free by the power of God, Right? And so we want to see the power of God move. Why does, he bring, why does he come in and move? He wants to show that he is God, but he's also made a promise, you guys. He's being faithful to a promise he made to Abraham. And he has a promise on our life, each one of us. And he says, I'm going to be faithful to this promise if you'll let me, right? But we see, like Jean said, oh my gosh, so, they, so Moses, I'm going to skip Moses. <laughs> um, so, so, we see that, they, that, that we have our participation role to play. They come out of Egypt. God moves heaven and earth, right? There's all these signs and wonders to get them free. And he says, I am determined to bring you into what I have promised over your life. Okay? So he sets them free, and they come out. But remember, now they're wandering in the desert, and they really don't know who God is. They really don't know his character. And some of us find us in that place this morning where I'm wandering in a desert and I'm really not sure I know who God is. I'm not sure I know his character, okay? And so we need to go back and we can look at these stories and go, okay, get in this story of Israel. And like Jesus said, and I, when I went, I'm going back to that point, is that, that the first generation, as they walked out as wanderers in a desert, they didn't know who God was, but they actually turned away from him. They harden their hearts. They let themselves get hard. And so then, then they don't get to walk into their promise. It wasn't that God didn't want them in their promised land. He moved heaven and earth to get them to the desert so they could get to know him. He said, okay, here, this is what I want to do. He said, all right, I'm going to give you 10 commandments, and I'm going to give you some laws, and I want you to come and meet with me. And they said, oh, no, 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 we're super scared of you. You're crazy fire. You're killing things. I don't know. I can't come near you. So have Moses talk to us. And that begins this process of having something between us as people and God. It's not just like, it's not like, oh, all of a sudden, anyway, that's when it starts. There's an intermediary. And then we have priests that come. There's prophets that come. Everything, no one's allowed to enter into the presence of the Lord. There has to be a barrier. There has to be something that we walk through. That It started then. Can you hear me? Okay. You look dazing. Okay. We're going to keep going. So, yeah. So we're watching them get to know God. And they don't trust him, and then they do trust him. And then they walk into the promise that God has on their life. And they walk into the promised land. And we watch this story play itself all the way out until Jesus comes, and he removes that barrier. 
He breaks down the veil. He tears the veil through his death on the cross. And he brings us into that, back into that garden intention of being with the Lord together, where there's nothing in between. There's nothing between. Yeah, it's so good. You guys, we love Jesus. We love this story of Jesus. But I wrote this down. I wrote it down, but I think I remember it. Everything that we love about Jesus is the Father. Everything we love about Jesus is the Father. Listen to these verses, and then we're going to close, and I wish I could share with you about, I wanna sh- I'm going I'm to squeak one more thing in, but listen to this about Jesus. Uh, we're skipping way down to John 5, 19, you guys. Very truly, I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. Sometimes we forget that really Jesus is all, all about the Father. We don't want the Godfather. There's no such thing as the Godfather. There's the Father, God, that loves you so much. And look what he did. He gave his Son. That was, that's, and Jesus is all, everything that the Father looks like. So if we're not sure about the character of God, if we don't know if we know God, if you're comfortable, start with Jesus. That's God. Start with there. Start there. He, everything he does. He's John 12, 49 through 50. The next one says, For I do not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commands me to say all that I have spoken. I know this, that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. And then John 17, 3. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the Father, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing the Father. Oh, like, so you go back to the Old Testament, you go, the, his whole intention is he wants people to know him. He's like, can you come to know me? Why? That's eternal life. And we see it play out through Jesus in the, on the end, the other side, but how cool that he's, he's said it from the beginning. Hey, will you get to know me? Will you come in here and learn who I am through all these people's mistakes and their, and their wins? That's what he's wanting. Okay, I have to show you this, and then I've realized a really quick story. Okay, can we, I'm going to back us up for one second, because this is so cool. Hold on. So God's separated from his people. He, they're out in the desert. This is, I'm saying this scene really quick. We backtrack just a little bit. They're with Moses. In Exodus 25, 1, 2, and then I took a chunk out because it just says what they brought. And then verse 8, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose heart prompts them to give. Then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Okay, did you hear the end of the phrase? I will dwell among them. So from the beginning, God has wanted to dwell with us, right? So now he's saying, hey, make a place for me. Will you build something so that I can come? I'm going to tell you what to build, and it's got to be holy because I am holy. It can't have sin attached to it. So he says, okay. So Moses says, okay, we're going to do it. And then in Exodus 35, I don't think this is a slide, 35, 10, it says, all the skilled workers come and build, and the women came and they made materials. So everyone began to give not only gifts, but they, they did their 
their skills were brought. Exodus 35, 20 says, Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence, and everyone who was willing and whose heart was moved, so moved by the Lord, came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work of the tent of meeting. So the tent of meeting, tabernacle, basically like a church. That's where the house of the Lord, okay? Can, we're going to fast forward through a whole bunch of things, but listen to this. At the very end of Exodus, this is the last few verses of Exodus that we get to hear. It says, I kind of like to walk around and talk, so I'm just going to do this. And so Moses finished the work. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Did you hear that? The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. It is so cool to see what God will do when our hearts unite and we say, okay, Lord, we want to respond to whatever you're saying to do. In this case, they were saying, everybody bring whatever the Lord puts on your heart. Kind of like Mike was saying this morning, if the Lord puts it on your heart to help remove this debt, but we feel like the Lord wants to fall in this place and we want nothing to inhibit him from coming. That's our heart because a whole intention is to be with God to know God. This is eternal life, to know God, right? And then when people walk in, they're going to experience the presence of the Lord. That, that changes lives. Okay. This is it. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been on this journey of just uh, this, what I'm t- helping you learn, what I'm helping myself learn, is just like who God is. Trying to say like, do I really know him? Do I really understand who he is? And I was like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, I'm kind of reading this, I'm seeing, oh, this is cool, this is cool. But there's not that like, have you ever gotten it where you feel like the Lord like puts something straight through your heart and kind of turns it and is like, yeah, you didn't know me. You kind of have that wrong. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of got the gut check, like the punch in the stomach. I don't know. You guys never happens to you. Happened to me. And this is how it went. Um, we have a, some kids. Our kids are in school, at Christian school. And um, one of our children comes home one day and says, oh, um, by the way, Mom, uh, I always like to say this. Anything exciting happening at school today? You know, because they like, can't say, how was your day? Because we all know the answer. Fine. Right? Right, parents? Fine. It was fine. You're like, oh, jeez. Okay, anything exciting happened? Were you on any adventures today? I like that, you know? Oh, yeah, well, someone walked up and, like, gave me 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, oh, somebody gave you $20. What for? Oh, I don't know. Someone just, someone just gave you $20? Uh-huh, yes. They just walked up to kind of a group of, so like, anybody want $20? And I was like, oh, what, what, well, why are they giving $20 away? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Now their parents are, you know, their parents have a lot of money, and his dad's just rich, just wants to give money away. And I was like, huh, okay, all right. And then, I, and then, you know, a couple days later, anything fun happened at school today? Anything crazy? Oh, yeah, uh, that kid, he walked up to me and gave me 50 bucks. What? <gasps> Who's giving you 50 bucks? Like, what, what for? I don't know. His parents have a lot of money. His dad's rich, and so he just... He just gives kids money. Does he give anyone else money? That's what my mom mind is thinking. Yeah, yeah. He's giving other kids money. Everybody knows he's giving money away at school, mom. Like, what's the big deal? I'm like, hold up. What do you mean this kid's just walking around giving money? What for? I don't know, mom. I don't know what for. Well, what, what, is, what does his dad do? What, 
Tell me, what, what's going on? Where's the money coming from? Do his parents know he's giving away $50 at a time? Yeah, they're fine with it, Mom. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Who is this kid? Can I find out who he is? <laughs> I don't know who he is. And I just, this story happened over the process of a couple weeks while I'm trying to talk about like knowing God. And God's like, Christy, what's your deal? Why do you have such a problem with someone being generous. He knows who his dad is. I'm like, oh, ooh, ouch, that hurts. Why do you have such a problem? Why do you need to know where it's coming from? Why do you think he has the wrong motive? What if he just wants to bless kids around him? He gives away other stuff too, gum or this or whatever, you know, whatever there's an abundance of, I guess. But I just thought, oh yeah, sometimes we forget that that we have a God who gives. We have a God who gave his son. He gave his son to show us his character, to help us know who he is, to get us back to him. I mean, so good. He's so good. I want to close with this. There's two verses. Hold on. This is the Passion Version. Let me just read this to you, and then we're going to pray. So then, this is more than two verses, but you can do it. You can hang. So then, beloved ones, the flesh has no claim on us at all, and we have no further obligation to live in obedience to it. So listen for freedom. There's freedom here. For when you lived controlled by the flesh... You are about to die. You had a slave, a taskmaster, a slave master. But if the life of the Spirit puts to death the corrupt ways of the flesh, we taste this abundant life. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That's God in us, right? He dwells in us now. Not in a tabernacle, not in something where we're blocked from hearing him. He dwells inside of us. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty, leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. I've had that fear, fear of never being good enough. That's not the Holy Spirit. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned. For as he rises up within us, Our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, Beloved Father, for the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, You are God's beloved child. You are God's beloved child. He has a promise over you. He will move heaven and earth to see it fulfilled if you're willing to walk in his ways if you're willing to worship, if you're willing to lay your life down. Jim Elliott, when I was the age of these guys over here, and there's some over here, I was in middle school. Jim Elliott has this book that was written by, it's about him, by his wife, Through Gates of Splendor. Some of you know it. Gave his life to share the gospel. Famous quote, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. 
He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. We get to be his children. We get to know him. That's eternal life. Oh, it's just so good. And if you don't know him, get the, this is the, this is the, like a cheat sheet to know him. It's like, yeah, okay, well, just, just let this play in your car. I mean, we are so blessed. If you don't know him, we're going to pray. And if you don't know him yet, I'd love to pray with you or Mike or any of our prayer team. If anyone doesn't know him, we want you to know him. It's so fun. It's an adventure. That's what we're saying. No, God, join the adventure. It's worth it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. God, we love you. We're willing to lay it down. Lord, I say I'm willing to lay it down today. You're worth it all. We want to know you. We want to know you. We want to know you, Lord. We want to know you, Father. Help us to know you. Create hunger in our hearts to know you. I bless your people. I bless your children today. We're all your children. We thank you for what you do. We thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you are doing right now in the midst of us here this morning. And those that are listening or watching, we bless each one, God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' precious name, the one that reveals you the one that points to you. Let us be ones that point to you, God. Let us represent you to the world, Lord. Let us look like Jesus, Lord, because that's looking like you. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. We love you guys. Thanks for being here.